Run it. <laughs> got beer all over my new f***ing desk. And monetization's off. <laughs> That's fast. All right, guys, we're back again. It's the second podcast of this week. Today we are here with Tim Neely, um, automotive all-around entrepreneur, Tim's Enthusiast Garage on YouTube, car collector, also a writer for S3 um, on the regular, just an all-around cool guy. And then, of course, you got the rest of the team here, Wooly, Mike, Jesse, me, I'm Hunter. Hi, welcome. Um, today we're talking about manual transmissions again. Because that's just what we like to gripe about. Holy, yeah. Here. Okay, so um, you know, I, I yeah, I, I complain a lot about uh, the death of the manual transmission. Um, let me try and get my thoughts together. I think that there is an undeniable like sexiness and edginess that comes with a manual transmission. Um, I think it's like, it's like a deliberate like display of like control and confidence, right? Aside from the fact that it connects you with the car, it's like the ultimate manliness thing or else like the sexiest of sexiness girls, you know, it's, it's the James Dean, the, the Steve McQueen, the James Bond, the Angelina Jolie from Gone in 60 Seconds. Mm. It's like the reason why they shifted a hundred times at the opening scene of Fast and Furious, because that's what it's about. It's about wrangling the machine. It's, you know, it's just masculine. It's cool. Um, having said that, that window is closing, whether we agree with it or not. You can't ignore technology. You can't turn your back on it once it's presented itself. And, and this is where we are. So, a lot of times I, I get on my soapbox and I'm real adamant about, ah, screw this and screw the new Supra if it doesn't have a manual. And okay, so I still believe in that and I'm still going to always fight for that. But like I started thinking about this more the other day and it was like, man, if we, you know, it's like that whole prayer about grant me the serenity to, how does that go? You know, um, realize what I can't change and the courage to change what I can, the wisdom to know the difference, right? So if I cannot change this, um, which try as I might, I mean, we can only do so much. Like at what point do you have to face the facts? And then at what point, and this is where I'm kind of going with it is, do you have to realize that in the next five years, you may be buying your last new manual transmission car. That could be a reality. Um, so then it kind of changes the strategy, right? Like maybe, and I'm, I'm just thinking, for myself here, like, like selfishly, like maybe do we start getting our mind around the fact of, of take advantage of some of these eight, nine, 10 year loans that you would normally go, you're crazy. Don't do that. That's a bad idea. Well, maybe it's not if it allows you to buy the last C7 manual transmission vet, cause you know, you can't buy the C8 manual transmission, or maybe, you know, the type R is a stretch for you, but if you can stretch and buy a collector's car, one of the last modern but raw kind of manual transmission little hot hatches, like, is that a smart move? I mean, financing is kind of low right now. Um, you know, normally I would never tell a friend, yeah, go get a 10-year loan. <laughs> but, you know, uh, 
if in fact we are staring down the barrel of less and less and less manual transmission cars and that's kind of becoming obsolete uh at what point do we react and make a move i mean so the thing that's going to motivate you to make that move is if we get to a point where there's no manual transmissions and so obviously we're getting there already because you want to see that more or we're used to seeing that in sports cars and they kind of hold the flagship of having manual transmissions but look at what we're seeing we're seeing all the quote-unquote sports cars lose that manual throw in some you know weird automatic in there um and and if they're the ones to die of course nothing else is going to keep it going so i mean there's your motivation it we already it's obvious it's it's happening right now. So I mean, I mean, just this year we've seen the Supra come out with with no manual option. The the new Mustangs are, are the ten speed automatics. The GT, um, the, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, not yeah, the regular not, not GT, all. but like not all five hundred, right? Um, and then also the Corvettes, and I mean that is that is American muscle uh, manual transmission biased as it gets. So if they're turning that page and going that way too. Then I think we can safely say, like it or not, that's the future that we're going to be dealing with. Uh, so I think you're onto something there. I think that if you're somebody who's really passionate about rowing your own gears and you enjoy that in your life, your day-to-day -day commute, or even just in a, a weekend car like I have, um, then yeah, it's a good time to invest in it now because, like you were saying, the the prices are still kind of outrageous, but the the um, the payment plans are are a little bit more user friendly right now. Sadly, because of the coronavirus, uh, it might be a really good time to start taking advantage of stuff like this and kind of looking for the, the the long haul. At the same time, I see both sides of the coin. I'm pissed about it too. I'm a manual transmission guy myself, um, but I do see both sides of the coin. You know, I, I work a good bit in manufacturing uh, with another gig that I do, and my whole thing is basically going in there and and finding bottlenecks and finding a way to make it better. And uh, there's a lot of people whenever I go in there who are really passionate about that the way that they currently do their job. Um, we'll say material cut, cuttings. I do a lot of that. You go in there and they're 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 really, really passionate about it. And I love doing it this way. This is how we do it. Guess what, dude? It's too slow. Uh, and honestly, a machine is, you know, a lot less expensive than one of you guys running this whole thing by a computer. I hate to say that, but it's true. And that's that's what progress looks like. It all eventually has to happen. And I think that sadly, this is what we're kind of looking at right now when it comes to cars in general, because before it was like the manual transmissions, they shift too slow. You can't launch them. Um, and there were there were all these bad cracks against them. Well, all that's changed now. They shift way faster than any of us could ever think about possibly shifting. You could launch them now. Um, you've got so many more gears that that mess around with, you know, gas mileage and spooling of turbos and stuff like that. Um, it's just better than we could ever be. And that's why it's going to probably win in the end. Tim, what do you think? Yeah, you know, so I, I've, as you guys have been talking, I've been thinking about this a little bit. And I do think, you know, we are, Audi just announced that the next generation RS3 that comes out is going to have a manual option. And I do think you're seeing, you know, Porsche just introduced it in the 911. Uh, and, and I think there are cars sort of that have the, the legacy transmission, so to speak. But, but the one thing, as, as I'm hearing you talk, what I'm thinking about, because certainly I think the opportunity to have the last great manual transmission car and stretch for that, certainly there's something to be said for that. But all these new cars, you know, really in the last even eight years or so, really since even longer than that, like 05, 06, 
Um, they all have like anti-stall. So like when you're when you put it in first and you start to go, if you don't give it enough throttle, it'll it'll give you enough throttle so you don't stall the car. Um, you've got you know auto blip now for I mean you've got no left shift. You have all these these sort of things that have made made it so that the the manual can sort of compete with the 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 auto, which is hilarious. But all those sort of additions and niceties. And, and and the last couple new cars that I bought that were manual, like a Golf R, you know, it 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 definitely feels more remote than uh, the best manual transmission. And so I think there might be an argument to be made here because I kind of came into this thinking like, you know, there are some new manuals coming out. It is, you know, the last chance, particularly with some of the muscle cars, um, you know, to get a manual transmission and a giant engine, giant horsepower numbers, and, you know, really enjoy that. But it also might be the opportunity to say, well, what's the best, you know, what are the best cars that ever had manual transmissions or what's the best manual shift and cars that come to mind, you know, that are, that are fairly affordable realistically. And I, I hesitate to even say one out loud cause I don't have one yet and I want to get one, but uh, one is the S2000. The S2000 has <clears throat> the best gear shift uh, almost of any. I mean, you, you don't, almost don't need a short shift kit. It's, you know, the throws are, are tiny. Uh, it's super positive. It just, there's such a mechanical connection to it that it, every time I've driven one of those, and I don't currently have one, but I'm like, this is like the best manual transmission out there. The, the second one, and and the one that's been on my radar for a little bit here is the uh, the Ferrari F430 is the last real you know big boy kind of Ferrari you can buy. You can get a 599 uh, GT3 <clears throat> one, but that's like too I don't know. It's too much of a it's a boaty car. It's a bigger car. Um, you know, F430 is like a a, a weapon. You know, it's it's yeah. it's tiny. It's small, and it has a great shifter. And those are so cheap now, you know, now now that new car prices are crazy. I mean, you you mentioned earlier, you know, do I buy a, I can't remember what we were talking about it, but it was like $80,000 price price point. Oh, point. was it the CT5V? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's like yeah, these car it's a great car, but it's reality is by the time you option it's $85,000. Well, you can find F430s for like 100. So yeah. and you can get on on classic cars, uh, you can get like ten and sometimes even fifteen year loans. Uh, so and I can guarantee you the, a manual Ferrari. You know I don't know I forget what the production numbers are, but even on the S two thousand, I can guarantee a nice S two thousand is not going <clears> to <throat> depreciate. You know at this point right. they've mm -hmm. already started to to kind of creep back up. So not to sort of railroad your thing. I, I do think, you know, the, the CTR is, is, has a great shift. It's an amazing car. I wish it was all wheel drive. You know, we've talked about that. Yeah. Um, I, when cars get to a certain performance envelope, that's one of them where I feel like the second there's rain, it, you're spending, you're spending tires. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying the car can't be driven and enjoyed still, but boy, you get spoiled with all-wheel drive, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely something to be said for going out on a limb for a, a new car that's the last, the last one. But <clears throat> what about the last great Honda sports car? 
the S two thousand. What about the last great Ferrari? You can't get a four five eight or a four eight eight with a manual. Yeah, that's what I'm tr- starting to realize. Is you know maybe as an enthusiast, we need to realize, not criticize each other, but just kind of realize what are the things that each of us absolutely will not compromise on? Like, what do we really, really like? Like if it's for me, a manual transmission, and that's like the ship you're going to go down on or, or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, then maybe we do need to start thinking like that, you know, maybe, yeah, I, I was probably too young to really give it a whole lot of thought when they quit making the S2000, because that's a car I wish I had jumped on and bought, you know, at least a couple years after they quit making it. See, that's the thing. We still got, you know, you can finance a five-year-old car, no problem. But when it starts getting, what, seven, eight, you know, when they get out of the reputable dealership Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, it gets harder and harder. So I do think, you know, it used to be that, like, going fast and shifting were synonymous. Like, a driver could make the difference, you know, in a car being faster. And then the two kind of went through automotive history together and then boom, you know, computers can do it faster than we can do it. And so unfortunately is the manual transmission aside from just recreational enjoyment, you know what I mean? Like it's just a blip in the timeline, you know? And, and so you were talking about like, you know, 911 or bringing back a manual transmission or some of these people doing it for novelty or for sport or whatever. Um, that's kind of cool. But it kind of shows now that there's like, it used to be that drivers were go fast guys. Now I'm starting to realize I'm more, I enjoy driving more than going fast. You know, you know what I mean? I would rather have that new 911 with the manual gearbox, even though it's not as fast. I, it just would be. Yeah, the for me, when cars get to a certain level of performance, so and this is this is going to be you know this is kind of funny like the C8 or this the potential C8 Z06 or C8R or whatever they end up calling it. I mean I don't even really want to think about having that car as a manual. You know what I mean? Because it's like if you're talking you know 1.80 to 60 and a you know say a nine second yeah. quarter mile or I mean honestly like I I know for I know for sure. I can't shift as fast as the computer can, you know, to make that happen. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the other thing is, I know for sure at that performance level, the stakes are high with your clutch. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know, it takes very little for, with an 800 horsepower car. You know, the difference between a good launch and I need a new clutch is like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, I don't know. I mean, those cars, I almost like, I want the, the, the twin clutch uh, automated well, type of thing. But yeah. it makes me want it makes me really want a you know a five hundred horsepower manual really interactive. Just, ah. That's where it's at. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had a I was lucky enough to have a Lamborghini Gallardo for a while. And it's funny because everyone's like, oh, those are so slow. You know, they're you know, zero to sixty in three point nine seconds and <laughs> you know, quarter mile and twelve something. You know, it's like honestly it was great because that V ten you know, the, it, it was the gears were long enough and it was slow enough that you could get on an on-ramp and it and be it, you know, maybe only 130 by the end of the on-ramp instead of like 180. And, yeah. uh, it, you I know, mean, it's good, well, that's the problem. Fun. Like these cars where you just go, what the, 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 the. I mean, it's yeah. cool. I'm glad it exists. 
Yeah. I'm not glad that it is replacing, like you're talking about, like that car. We go, what? Click. Oh, you know, yeah. like there's just something <laughs> right, right. I love about that, and and not to lead you too much, but like I, I could tell you were okay. So Tim wrote uh, in the issue that's at press, you were talking about this and how like it, it is kind of it's not like no, we don't do PDKs or we don't do any of these twin clutches. It's kind of more of like what's a good match for that car. I don't know if you remember, but that's what you were talking about in the Supra yeah. article. Um, and how, you know, like, I think you were just starting to touch on it. And I just wanted to say it's okay for you to, like, you know, basically spoil what you wrote about. <laughs> I know, spoiler alert. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's fun. Because I thought it was really good point, article, man. Because right? yeah, I, I know, tend but to I mean, like, I, I think there's a time and a place. I, I do think, you know, it's funny because I in in car, in the, in the realm of cars, you know, it's it's over the past decade, it's become very apparent to me that I am in a very specific subset of enthusiasts. I was at uh, this thing called, I think they call it the Turkey Rod Run in Daytona. Yeah. And, uh, you know, cars are, you know, A1A is like literally a drag strip. And so cars are going down the, and you know what, Hunter, you're going to love the story. So uh, there are two cars lined up, and I one, the one car was like, American muscle, I don't even know what, like uh, some Mopar thing from the 60s. I, I don't remember what it was, but it was the kind of car that was like, rah, 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 <laughs> and that was like the idol, you know? This and the car that pulled up next to it was the Evo 8. <laughs> and the Evo 8 had three guys in it, and it was like every, this is a while ago, so the Evo 8 was like a relatively new car at the time but they 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 get staged next to each other at the light and there's i mean a hundred people on this side of the street and they're all like yeah do it do it there's no cops you know you know run each other run each other and so the the evo 8 you know about four thousand rpms you know and it's he's gonna launch the car and it's gonna be <laughs> awesome like it's fantastic and the, the American muscle, you know, whatever, same thing. <sighs> Holds it on the stall, you know, 3,000, whatever. Light goes. The American car, you know, biggest burnout of all time. I mean, the whole intersection is, is a cloud. The Evo is, like, in, in the next area code. Like, it's, it's a car. <laughs> I mean, it literally busted. It's like, bah, 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 you know, and I'm like, oh, that Evo, that was so sick. And all the guys on the street corners are like, that's American muscle right there. And I'm like, I'm like what? Dude, you just got like, you just wasted that guy. You know, no, man, that, that, that American car, you know, it could have taken it. And I'm like, oh, I clearly, you know, these guys are loving what just happened. And they think that this is like this burnout or whatever, which I see as a loss, is yeah. like the coolest thing that's ever happened. So, I mean, I do think that there's there's a... So, you know, I don't think I speak for everyone when I say, you know, here's here's what it is, you know, because if I get an S2000 at this point, I leave it pretty much stock. You know what I mean? Maybe I, you know, I put an exhaust on and I do an airbox or something, maybe coilovers, but I, I don't throw a turbo on it because it doesn't have 500 horsepower. I probably, mm -hmm. I, I get an AP1 because I like to hear 9,000 RPMs and, you know, I bounce it off the rev limiter and smile. You know, but I'm not saying that that's the only way. I mean, I think if you turbo it and it's, you know, whatever, I, you know, there's there's a video going on on right now on, around super viral of that dude that just built the sequential shift uh, FD RX. Oh, like, oh, yeah. 
That's my stuff. neighbor. That's your neighbor? He's a he's Birmingham like, guy, yeah. Oh, like dude, well, that car, is, that car is awesome. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's too bad it's, it's manual. Well, I mean, it, it wouldn't be as fast as it if it was manual. You know what I mean? I think it's great he's got the air shift. Yeah. No, you know, I do too. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. So there's there's something for everybody. But I do think that for the true driver, and, and Wooly, clearly you're, you know, actually all of us, you know, there's just something missing when it's not a manual. You, you know, there there is, there in, unless it's, again, a 1,000 horsepower or 800 horsepower, I, I think the manual is the right call. Well, yeah, I'm not saying there's not exceptions to the rule either. Like, there are cars like that RX-7 that I freaking, my jaw dropped. You know what I mean? Like, that's awesome. <laughs> I think the Volkswagens with their DSGs are cool. I had one, and I sold it, though, because it just wasn't cool enough to keep me engaged for more than two years. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's the thing. I loved the car when I was actively driving it, but it was too easy to be like, that's for this drive. You know, and then you're just driving a hatchback like you know it just wasn't it wasn't enough to keep me from getting a jeep <laughs> you know like i went and traded it in and then after a year and a half of owning the jeep it i missed it so bad that i got the fiesta you know i missed a little i had the hot hatch fever again and i uh, got the fiesta which actually fell right where i wanted it was small it was uncompromising it was raw and it was manual only you know it was just kind of what i wanted in a little driver's car and a in a commuter car but i don't know i when you were just talking about that mopar story it just kind of like hit me across the face that maybe my problem is that i'm turning from a young car guy into the old car guy <laughs> like I'm, I'm crossing the generations and i'm, I'm a little concerned about that i keep waiting for hunter to go <laughs> yeah 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 i was about to say so like hunter, do you hate all the bitch stick stuff as much as I do or or um, you cool with it okay so I want to take it back to when Tim you were talking about the whole like uh, you wouldn't want the C8 with the manual transmission because of you know the one point whatever zero to 60 or whatever all the specs that the C8 has well to me like if I if if I was actually interested in purchasing this car my thought process would be, okay, but how often or when would I actually care to to put those specs to work? Like, when would I need this quarter mile? Or when would I want this zero to 60? To me, the thrill comes from, you know, ripping through the canyons, rowing gears, you know, just going back and forth. I mean, like, like my Focus ST, I just put a big turbo on it. I could put an aux fuel kit on it and make another 100 horsepower but I didn't because the car doesn't need it. And for like my canyon runs and autocrosses and simple track days, just pump gas, my manual transmission, and like I'm good to go. I'm just as thrilled as I would be if I was in a 1200 horsepower FD with an air shifter. Like I've that FD, like I said, the dude lives like 15 minutes from me. I've seen that car more in, per in person than I can count. Like I've had that car mm -hmm. fly by me leaving in cars and coffee. And that's pretty much all it's good for is it just, you know, it just pop, 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 pop to the next red light and then it sits and it spits flames for the next five minutes and then pop, 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 pop to the next red light and you're just, and then he puts it, I have not seen that, not once have I seen that car like 
in a canyon, you know, or doing anything other than, you know, I, David, I love you, but showing off on social media. Like, there's just something about, you know, hand on a gear shifter, you know, just... Breaking up. Glitching. Come on. <laughs> Here he's back. God. We to lost you. There's something about a hand on something. The C8 <laughs> thing launched it. I think when I when I talk about the C8 and and one eight, I'm I'm talking about the the C8. They're talking about bringing out the Z06 or the R, whatever they call it. That I think there's no room room for a manual for someone like me. The current one, I think they probably should have had a manual option because it's like it's mm. not stupid crazy performance. And I do yeah. think that. It's you know especially Corvette owners like I bet they would really like a a, a manual option. I know that car would have been more attractive to me with a, a six or a seven speed manual than it is. I mean not that I mean are they going to make there's they're not going to make any more twenty twenties. I mean this whole year is kind of shot. So yeah. Um, but for whatever they do in the future, yeah, I would think there's there's room for a base C eight or a C eight Grand Sport or whatever normally aspirated. To have a manual, hopefully that's you know that's coming down the road. But you just but yeah. I, go, ahead. go ahead. No, no, no. You uh, you just presented something interesting about the 2020 when you said that you know there's not going to be any more 2020s. That's kind of shot. Later on, do you think that you know the limited production 2020s that we have this year are going to be more valuable than you know yes. their years? For sure. Cars that launched this year, like the 2020, like that car, one's on Bring a Trailer right now. It's already up to like, you know, 10 grand over sticker. I'm sure it's going to go for 30 or 40 grand over sticker. Uh, I mean, yeah, because whatever they, I mean, I think they only made a couple thousand of them, which for Corvette is like ultra rare. They pump those out before lunch. So, yeah, for sure. I think, and I'm trying to think, did the uh, four cylinder, do they have deliverable four-cylinder Supras yet? Oh, I don't. Not yet. I don't think, so. I don't think if that if they made some of those, that would be a super rare, you know, to have a 2020 four-cylinder Supra. So which what, that's another one. Why does that not have a manual transmission? What does it have? It's got that that automatic. So it, all right. So for to be clear, this is not a twin clutch. In the Supra, this is a, this no. is a torque. No, it's, in fact, let me Google because I don't think there's even whatever they call it. Yeah, I got it right here. Yeah, look at this. This guy's. Do you have like multiple screens? Yes, he does. Oh, uh, I'd pay so much money for you to be like, Mom, <laughs> don't bother me when I'm on the internet. <laughs> The uh, the 2020 Supra is just a basic eight speed automatic transmission. Yeah, torque no converter transmission. It's a disgrace. That's just I, I don't know why. What the only excuse? <laughs> yeah, the only that's excuse the first era. That's the first era. That they just and and I kind of blame us not having enough true car guys buying brand new cars is what the real problem is because it really does take a true car guy to go out and spend that kind of money on a vehicle where you know it's probably going to be your only vehicle and have the balls to say, 
I want it to be a manual transmission. Not everybody's going to do that. A lot of people just want to have their simple, boring commute to and from work. Like I see so many people, especially now that I've got a Mustang, I used to think that all the Mustangs were, were manuals because all the ones I show, saw at shows were except for drag cars. But then you get out there and you're like, oh my God, all these guys who are salesmen or technicians or whatever and have decent jobs and bought these new S550 Mustangs, they're all freaking automatics. Yeah. And that's the problem is there's not enough people like us out there buying manuals. Yeah. So yeah, I blew my transmission up and they were all like, how? That transmission's indestructible. And I was like, what are you talking <laughs> about? The thing's made of like thread because uh, I broke it really fast. <laughs> and it turns out they all have 10 speed autos. Yeah. Ford muscle cars, you know, uh, one of the most associated brands with the Ford Mustang has to be Celine, right? Yeah. Um, and we have to, I just want to acknowledge that Celine, it's the first time since the S7, Celine has released a new Celine only car that is only offered currently in a six speed manual transmission, being the S1, the Celine S1. That released. About a year ago, 2.2 liter turbocharged four-cylinder, um, six-speed manual transmission. Next year, they're offering it. It has to be ordered as, as an option. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. But currently, if you just went and bought, am I doing it again? Mom? <laughs> that that Alabama <laughs> internet other people on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I give up, man. <laughs> I wanted to hear what your point was. I don't even remember where I was. My, so I guess have my to order is, it. You have you you can't. It, the default is an automatic. The default is a six-speed manual transmission. You have to order it in an automatic. Oh, that's cool. Props yeah. to Slane. Steve Slane, like that guy. I wonder how long that's gonna last. How do you think it happened, Tim? You got a couple years on me, so like, where did we go so wrong? Like the early '90s, everybody wanted bright color cars with t-tops that you shifted, and in Florida, where I don't I don't know, you, you put know, pink windshield wipers on it. Early two thousands, early two thousands, people were pissed when they started taking away manuals. So much so that. Uh, BMW brought out a new M5, which they had always been manual only, and they launched the car and got like no orders because it was SMG <laughs> seven speed only. So they literally, for the North American market, brought out a manual transmission of that car. And you know, I, I don't, I don't know what happened. Like what, what all of a sudden. You know, I guess cars got really, really fast. That happened. You know, yeah. a lot of cars, you know, it went from, you know, in the 80s and 90s, everything had 141 horsepower, you know, and that was like, oh, sweet. I mean, there was a time when the Corvette, literally, it was like, this Corvette's got 300 horsepower. It was like, oh, yeah. sweet. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, that's like literally, uh, I just did last year, I did a review on the Porsche 993. The 993, which a lot of people consider to be one of the best 911s, didn't have 300 horsepower. It was like 296 or something. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it sucked as an automatic. Like, you drive one of those as an automatic, and it's like, this is literally one of the worst cars I've ever <laughs> driven. Like, it's totally ruined yeah. by the automatic. And I think, you know, unfortunately, you had a little bit in the early 2000s this sort of mm – -hmm 
horsepower war. Uh, and then the Mopar stuff, you know, really came out and, and then the Hellcat came out. And then, you know, now all of a sudden there are many cars with over 500 horsepower that aren't even considered like really supercars. There's, you know, there's, it's, there's crazy. There's sedans. <laughs> yeah. There's, you know, crazy fast cars. So I guess, you know, te transmission technology, pe people being lazy, the cars being, I don't know. It's People a sad, sad situation. I, I, I think cars used to be like an escape. They didn't have all the tech that kept you connected, right? Like they didn't have all the phones and the Bluetooth and all that. So I think a lot of times when you were driving to or from work, that was like your mm -hmm. escape. That's how you woke up in the morning. Right. And then that's how you just broke away after work. You know what I mean? Like you just got away from it all. And so you became a driver, you know? And, mm -hmm. and that's probably how a lot of those manual shift and and cars like the five series with the manuals and stuff like that did so well um back and then tim, but i guess now you're now you're just trying to get in the car so i can call tim back or something you know what i mean no. like <laughs> now the second people get in the car they're on the phone and they're not they're not engaged with the car tim anyway. to expound a little bit more about on what you were talking about i think you made a good point uh me and Wooly talked about this a lot when we had that type r last year it's so much more fun <laughs> to drive a slower car to the limits with a manual transmission and really roll your own gears and take turns hard and 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 take the you know just really really drive it the way you're supposed to than it is to drive a fast car you know uh, slowly or god forbid on the rails because that's the problem like the type r you can go balls to the wall on that thing with the manual transmission and it's such a good car and it makes like right there on the verge of it, but really not enough power to get yourself in a whole ton of trouble. But yeah, man, you talk about taking these five, six, seven hundred horsepower cars and like the average driver with a manual transmission and that weapon in their hands, like that's how you end up with Mustangs in crowds all the time. So that's how all this video happens because uh, it's, it's too much car. Well, it's too much power, not enough grace the car doesn't have a good enough suspension it weighs too much the brakes aren't good enough for the power that it's creating and the driver is sure as hell not good enough which is why dumb stuff like that's always happening so i think that's a lot of the problem too and i blame elon musk because he is the engineer that's got us all thinking that everything needs to be perfect um and and just the best possible way and, and that's the thing man if, if we're talking about like oh everything's just going to be the, the fastest possible the automatic's faster it's a spaceship when it's an automatic why don't you just buy a tesla they're fat they're all fast as hell you know yeah, yeah i mean what's, yeah <laughs> I yeah what there's a well i was gonna yeah. say what's porsche's argument to that or or any of these guys i mean they're sitting down there with their twin clutch, this and that. The fact of the matter is you can take a cyber truck with five people in it and blow the doors off of most of these internal combustion, DSG, PDKs, whatever you want to call them. Um, so if, quote, performance is the main and only factor, let's buy Teslas. Yeah, get rid of the gas motor. It's, it's, it's antiquated. I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, if that really is... The problem is for me, I, I think I might be the wrong person for that market because I've driven all of the fast Teslas mm -hmm. and uh, it's it's really fun. It's sort of like, watch this, and everyone's eyeballs go back, you know, in the back of their head. <laughs> right. It's it's mm -hmm. fun to do that like once or twice, but like that's the only thing that it does. <laughs> uh, you know, the way that those cars get halfway decent traffic uh, numbers, I don't know if, if you've watched, uh, Chris Harris has a great review 
on the M, either the M3 or the M4 versus the, the new Model 3 performance. And through computer magic, that Model 3 performance is quicker on the track. But it's, it looks terrible. It, it's all out of sorts, and the, you can—I mm. mean, it's hopping and skipping, and and the M4, M3. I think it's an M3. You can see it's like super planted, and it's you—you know—you can see he's having a good time with it. I mean, don't we want to have a good time? Isn't having a good time more important than a 131.3 or whatever the the lap time is? Go ahead, Jesse. Mm. I think—I mean—I think there's a balance in there that we need to look at because if you look at sports cars now, they're just chasing this number on the back end. And I think it's kind of our fault as consumers when we look at what's getting put out there, we're looking at those numbers. So when you see cars that, you know, come with a manual transmission that, you know, five, six years ago that didn't reach those numbers like the FRS or the BRZ, um, we're comparing it to those other cars that have those higher numbers. So us as consumers don't take those seriously. On the other hand, when you see... When you see that ceiling hit, a lot of, I'm assuming, manufacturers look at that and say, you know, this is a performance, like the point that you made, Neely, this is the performance where we need, you know, computers to kind of take over. And at that point, if you're looking for a sports car, you're going to be looking at the numbers and the higher numbers are going to equal, you know, your automatic transmission. And then if you do lower it down to the numbers to where it's manageable in your manual transmission, at that point, it's not considered... A sports car it's considered you know uh, um, some some mom's sedan out there so i think there's a fine balance that we need to kind of like find as as an automotive market i of agree like, with you there needs to be you know it's okay to not have the fastest car out there but that's not what we're about we need that balance to be able to enjoy it enjoy usable power instead of just trying to reach this high number from across the board well that's what i think i think yeah i was i guess i didn't quite get there when i was talking about how like drivers and performance always went hand in hand and i think now we almost need to realize that like they're becoming two separate things like you can be uh, you don't have to try and buy the fastest car that you can afford now to be like a car enthusiast or a driver you know what i mean like i feel like there's almost going to be like this renaissance for the lower power when i say lower power i'm still saying like 300 or less you know horsepower where it's kind of and more of an analog car. I like, man, you know, cars like the Miata uh, or the FRS BRZ, you know, they got the new generation coming out. And if somebody else like a Nissan could come in there and play in that range, you know, pretty soon you'd start to have a little subculture of, of you know, cars that are not overly powered and, and they're not trying to be, they're not, you know what I mean? Like, that's okay. Um, I think, I think one of the things to be said is there's a, I have a, a rule that is uh, when you get into a car that weighs a little bit less than 3,000 pounds and has a little bit more than 300 horsepower. So that's like 10 pounds for one horsepower of that, of that range about that's when that's the, that's when a car starts to feel like, Ooh, this is good. Uh, this is like, this is in the, in the realm of like reason if you can cars that have dynamic power delivery and by that i mean either really really high revving engines like a like a horsepower car like an s2000 or a car that is an old school turbo car like the uh, audi tt rs which has a a bigger it has more of a turbo bump in it like where it doesn't make a ton of power down low but then at 3500 all of a sudden it really shoves you into your your seat 
that kind of dynamic power delivery and around 300, 350 horsepower and 2,900 pounds combined with really good tractability. In other words, the car has a limited slip uh, and, and it has the appropriate amount of tires. In other words, it, it's not wearing like 295s or 315s right. on the back. It needs to have like a 245 or a 255 mm -hmm. on the back and maybe a 215 on the front. All of a sudden, you've introduced a car that's like the, the, the threshold is way higher than a Miata because you got more grip, you got more power, you got more you know ability to, to sort of aim it. And that magic formula, you can now produce really, really, really cheaply because there's a ton of direct injected, you know, whether it's Ford or Alfa Romeo or, or anybody, everybody's got like a two, a two liter or a 2.3 liter or right. 1.8 liter that makes around 300, 300 ish they're, horsepower. They're crossover motor now. Reliably. Yeah. And it's like, just give us that car in a, in a bunch of different form factors. Instead, what we get is like, okay, well, let's give the drivers a driver's car. They give us the FRS, which has like 160 horsepower and still weighs close to 3,000 pounds. Yeah. Now, you're so far away from my like sweet spot that it's yeah. like the car feels broken when you get in it. You're like, oh, the, yeah. it's missing. It's only running on two cylinders or something's not right. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I I totally agree, and and to your fat your slow car fast is always more fun. I, you know, I uh, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people buy ridiculously fast cars and and either crash them, like like Mike said, or just don't enjoy them, or they're afraid right. of them because. When you watch someone drive, I don't know if you've ever – I sold cars for a while, so I would take people out on test drives. And, I mean, I would, I would get cars sideways on test drives. And, I mean, they, you know, people – it was like they'd never experienced this before. And I'm like, wait, you, look, you want a 500-horsepower car and you're not ready to, to, to do one of these? <laughs> and that's what they're not. They, they buy a Mustang, you know, mm -hmm. even like a GT350, which is tons of performance – and yep. they want to like get it sideways and then correct it like this. And no, right. you just killed a nine-year-old. You know, I mean, you're like, you have to, you have to control the car. So maybe it's like it's driver education. Maybe it's education of the – but I do think it comes down to, you know, Hunter, Wooly, Jesse, Mike. I do think, you know, for people like us who are in the automotive, you know, realm of influence i guess would would you say when you you know when we talk to manufacturers and we talk to enthusiasts we need to be singing this song because i think that it is it is the type of thing where they're not getting the information you know i think mm -hmm. that they they really they're they're hearing that you know all the instagram supercar guys saw the new mclaren and everything has to have 900 horsepower now right. and be right. carbon fiber it, it doesn't mm -hmm. It doesn't. Right? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the fact that the horsepower wars are on. It's made especially new muscle cars a hell of a lot more exciting. But this is kind of the downside of it is, is it's making the cars too much for the normal driver. So they just, you know, wuss out and go get the, the automatic. Well, Tim, do you think that, you know, the enthusiasts, even if the if we all grab our little pitchforks and start yelling that we want manuals, do you think it's too far gone? Um, and when I say too far gone, I just mean, you know what I mean? Like, you've got to compete in your segment. 
So, you know what I mean? You can't throw uh, a manual transmission think, in a know, car that's going to It's an interesting get... time because the car you know, manufacturers, we, we have come into a vanilla, very vanilla. I don't know if you, there's a meme where it's like every uh, crossover SUV in that like mid-segment and they're all white. And they're all yeah. like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, mm. nine. And they all look like pretty yeah. much the same. And the <laughs> yeah. spec is all pretty much the same. And the payment is all is is vanilla. And so I do think that you're looking for, you know, the reality is uh, driving is still one of the most valuable, I think, freedoms that we have. You know, I mean, even in this quarantine time. But you we're yeah. outcasts for thinking that. I think the I average well, I mean, like when you were talking, it was sparking a bunch of stuff. I think that like we are definitely uh, the minority that think like that. I think a lot of people don't see driving as a freedom. They see it as a hindrance to what they want to do in their life or whatever. So, and I just totally stole your point. But no, like we're, at what we're point? Screwed. The what? answer is, yeah, we're, we're, we're proper screwed. Well, I mean, yeah, if, if, if truly, if it's time for like automation and everyone just wants to get in a... Uh, um, you know, uh, uh, I don't even know what, like a, a car pod. Yeah, that, an that Uber pod. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, I think we're talking about two different things. I've said for a long time, like, commuting, it blows. Like, it depends on where you live. But if you live in a place yeah. where it's like a highway and you've got to get on a highway and then get off at some exit to your work or whatever, yeah, yeah. Th there is no way. I don't think even you can have whatever car, the the TRD this or the – Whatever you have, it doesn't matter. It's horrible. Yeah. So I mean, that is not what I see cars as being used for. Right. And I think that it's an opportunity for us to suggest that, like, you know, maybe that's not what the car is for. Maybe the car is for, you know, this sort of uh, secondary market, like fun yeah. things to to run and do. You know, do things. I, I don't know, like a, a pastime. Maybe there's no market for that. What you're saying is that the people that make cars don't have, you know, there's not a big enough market for enthusiasts. But I think that cars like the BMW M2, cars like the the Audi RS3, cars like, you know, Ford unfortunately has abandoned, you know, <laughs> everything. Everything. I want to say Ford, but like, I don't know what's going on with Ford, but. Yeah, I do think there's a huge amount. You know, the reality is, even if we go, everything's electric, I mean, there's a whole bunch of us that still want to have a good time. And yeah, I think yeah. that, you know, electric well, car, I have a hard time seeing electric cars because of the challenges with charging, you know, a okay. billion electric cars. You know, mm -hmm. I think that presents a, a, an unrealistic challenge that we're not going to get to in the next five or 10 years, right. maybe 20 years where everything is electric. Um, woogie, woogie, woogie. I'm not opposed to electric cars. I, I have a Tesla truck on order. I mean, I, I, for commuting, I think that there's something to be said for that, but when it comes to a back road or a Saturday or, uh, you know, an after hours romp or a midnight, you know, th there's a sexiness to car yeah. culture that is undeniable. And I, I don't think my, you know, my kids, now granted they grew up with me, but even their friends 
are as into the allure of the car, you know, that, that again, I think, I think it represents a freedom. If you think about it in terms of, you know, where it was, I mean, maybe like horse. Yeah. The, the horse was replaced somewhat by the car, but like, you know, you, 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 you still see that horse. you couldn't get well, out, yeah. do whatever. That's I mean, pretty much exactly where I was going to go in the little conclusion was, do you see it as equestrian? You know, car replaced horse, but the horse turned into almost a upper echelon, you know, high society thing where people do it for recreation. People have, you know, their their tracks and their homes and their clubs and this kind of thing. Do you think the the manual trans like where do you see it going? Like the manual transmission, the pure sports car, yeah, will it become that it kind of equestrian? A- but I mean, it's honestly. Uh, until you said that, I, I truthfully hadn't really thought about it being that way, and I love that because, like, yeah. uh, there's you know, polo is super popular, there's a huge uh, a quarter horse congress, there's people that do all sorts of there's ranches that you can go ride horses and, and that sort of thing. And I think that the things that I've done that have been the most fun, I mean, going to the Nurburgring and you know, renting a car and going around the track, and and you know, you know like there's there's things to be done with cars that i have a hard time seeing you know even the next generation or the generation after that not being infatuated with the freedom that comes with being able to you know really master this machine i mean if you want to make it that uh analogy to a horse there yeah um, horses are borderline terrifying to me and they're so big and and you know able to crush you with with their hoof if they wanted to but there's something to truly being able to be in unity uh, with that horse and ride it and and the experience that we we i went horseback riding here recently out in arizona and man it it is such a awesome experience and i i have a hard time thinking that like if you've ever driven a great car like an s2000 around a track or on a really aggressive road uh, there's almost nothing to compare with that so it, it, it can't really be replaced by car pods or by people right, pods right. or whatever you want to call I, it I, I mean i think you bring up a good point i mean uh, with the horse it was an extension of whoever was riding it you wanted to kind of like master it so it's an extension of the of the rider it's the same feeling we get behind the wheel. You have that master of a machine, and it's an extension of yourself. Um, and like us being, you know, like the the outlaws of society or whatever, um, we I feel like we would continue that. Whatever the machine was, we would find a way to continue that in the next generation of machines. So if it does get electric everywhere, I feel like we would still find a way to make it that rowdy extensions of ourselves as as that part doesn't leave, it's just the median in which we express it. Yeah, well, I mean, I can tell you, I mean, I'm gonna be driving loud VTEC cars until the government pries them out of my hand. You know, I mean, that's just who I am for the rest of my life. And I hope that it goes in cycles and I hope that it kind of comes back and becomes kind of hip again. But at the same time, I don't really care if it doesn't because, I mean, come on, like being cool is all relative. 
And so the more generic the car gets, the even cooler we get for, <laughs> you know, like staying true to being drivers. That's going to become a thing that's like, you're a what? You do that? That's crazy, man. Can't you get hurt? You know, and it's just like. Yeah. So man. there's one there's one part about electric cars that kind of get to me is, I mean, we've grown to involve all of our senses within the car. So we want to feel what we're going over. So we want, you know, that stiff suspension. We want to feel the road. We want to smell that E85. We want to hear, you know, the exhaust get to a certain note and that's what's going to tell you to shift or whatever. I feel like once you take out that sound, you're losing this part of the experience that you just can't really get anywhere else. So I feel like we're taking a step back by not giving that to the driver and we're going to miss that. I mean, we're going to want that. That's a yeah. sense that we've grown so accustomed to. Well, I'm going to have that. I think, you know, it's one of those things. There's this, we can already synthesize fuels. So like you can make grain alcohol fuels and, and, and put additives in it and run your car you know, just just fine, you know, with that. So I think we've kind of taken it to sort of a we've taken it from would you buy the last automotive or the last manual transmission car to like straight up automotive apocalypse is kind of <laughs> what we're talking, talking about now. I, I think it's kind of like that almost makes it more sexy for me. I mean, if it's there's a song by Rush called Red Barchetta where this kid, I don't know if you are familiar with the song, but it's a young kid. And his uncle takes him to this barn and shows him this thing, this this red Ferrari from the 50s. And no, there are no cars. It's illegal to own a car. You can't take a car out on the road. And they have these giants, uh, they call it a alloy air car, which is like an electric car, that are like the, the police. And they crack down and you can't have a car. But his uncle takes him out in this car and he talks about the the smell of the leather and the metal and the oil and the hot, you know, and it's like, I get goosebumps thinking about it because like, okay, I mean, make it illegal, make, make what we're talking about, like contraband. I mean, I like it even more. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, now all of a sudden it's like, you know, the Lotus isn't going anywhere. It's like, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. need for speed underground. And all that's, the way. that's pretty much, I mean, I don't I don't know if you guys have any other points, but yeah, I mean, like, that's kind of the battle that I'm always in as I go in this circle where I'm like, why don't all of you people see this the way that I see it? You should like cars like I, how can you be so boring? Wait a second. There has to be boring in order for awesome to be awesome. There has to be the other end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always just I go in this back and forth between getting angry that not everybody likes what I like to getting like thrilled that not everybody likes what I like. And Wooly, just so you can step back problems. from the ledge a little bit, um, <laughs> even if they do get rid of automatic transmissions and all the car manufacturers give up on it, they're not going away because that's why the automotive aftermarket exists yes. to give yes. you stuff that the manufacturers won't. So that's what happened. These companies like Tremec and all these tra the, these transmission manufacturers, they're not just going to roll over and go, oh, well, they don't need us anymore. They're going to say, hey, all you guys who are actually still cool, come to us. We'll, we'll give you an automatic transmission for that car that would have been cool, but it's not right now. <laughs> True story. I think that would be cool to like see all the aftermarket kind of take over. You know, if you've got cars that are all coming automatic – I would, it would be cool to see the aftermarket kind of take over and, and hey, well, we can swap it into manual. They will. Yeah. 
there's a dude local to us here, an, an older dude that that Tremec swaps whatever you bring him. He'll mm-hmm. put a he'll put a manual in any car that you bring him, and he's done like old Rolls Royces and Aston Martin Lagondas and like uh, Lincoln Town cars. I mean, he will he will manual swap that ass oh, like, we'll. <laughs> whatever, whatever you bring that's the title that's the title manual <laughs> i remember in ken gushy's i believe it was ken gushy's his 2020 a90 supra at sema and it was a big deal because it was a manual transmission swap yeah you know granted it was a drift car but it was still a manual transmission swapped a90 um, so, yeah, I hope that we'll see more people start to um, be interested in doing that. I mean, because, I mean, quite frankly, like, if going back to C, like, if I, there's no way I'd be interested in the C8. Granted, I couldn't afford one if I wanted to. But even if I did have the means, it just doesn't interest me because I don't feel like I get that mechanical connection like I do uh, with a manual transmission. Isn't that sad that it's such a fast and sexy car and none of us care about it at all? That should tell you on like where that ceiling is of like, yeah. hey, manufacturers, pay attention. Bring like this to another conversation that I feel like I want to have with you guys, and I don't know if you want to cut this or whatever. But so, Hunter, I would like for you to speak to like on the on Instagram, like if you if you have whatever the latest, like an Aventador or a McLaren Seven Twenty. Which is should be if you look at the numbers, an amazing car, and I'm they are I've driven a 720. It is it is an amazing car, but like all these 13 year old kids mob the the cars and coffee and these Aventador oh shoot flames or oh do whatever. What is up with all the Instagram fanboys just being all over these like I feel like cookie cutter exotic. It's all drip. It's all drip. I don't think I don't think those 13-year-olds that you're mentioning are going to be the 13-year-olds that turn into us, turn into real enthusiasts, real car guys. I think I that the 13 I think the 13-year-olds that are at Cars and Coffees are the 13-year-olds that stand in there, you know, with their dad gawking over, you know, the new edge Mustang, you know, the Terminator or any put in place any other car. I think that those, the IG guys are just, it's loud, it's expensive, it's exotic, it's a show-off. And I think that's all those kids are interested in. Granted, I'm not taking anything away from those cars. It's not like those cars aren't cool. But um, just from strictly like a mechanical automotive enthusiast, I don't think that's what those kids are. I think they just want some clout on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Well, it, see, where's yeah, the Again, it's like uh, there's a lot of I mean, there's so many YouTube channels that's like so and so car spotter. And it's like they don't spot the cool blue uh, CRX. You know what I'm saying? They don't spot like you wrote about this, too, about when you were talking about every day's birthday cake day or whatever. And you're like when every day is special, no day is special. It used to be (laughs) in the 80s. I'm just I don't understand why I keep thinking these kids like all these kids, you know, when exotic cars like back in the you know 90s or whatever. I mean, like, have, have you guys even seen a like in normal circumstances? I mean, do you see a Lamborghini Countach driving around? 
Never. No. I mean, there's Never. there's a new Lamborghini, what you might call it, that drives by my house every third day. Every every day. Right now I see them all the time. <laughs> every day, and I feel like it's not even like uh, they they call them supercars, but it's like it's is it even a supercar anymore? Like I, I, I think the coolest supercar that I've seen in like the past year, two years or so, um, Grid Life South. Me and my buddy were driving up to Road Atlanta late. We left late at night. It's probably 2 in the morning we're coming through downtown Atlanta. And I see this dude in this, like, Joker purple-wrapped Gallardo, purple underglow. I'm pretty sure it had spinners on it. But he had, you know, the top down. He had his hat sideways, gold chain, and he was just as stoked as could be. It was a manual car. And he was just wop, bop, bop, in and out Clap of the AM traffic. Underglow, just, he looked like he was having the time of his life. That's the supercar owner I appreciate. Like, who puts Underglow on a Lamborghini? <laughs> well, it's what, like, I was at Monterey Car Week last year, and it kind of hit me, because everybody would go into Carmel and their little McLaren, whatchamacallit, or their whatever the exotic is, and to get noticed, they would all, I don't know about how these cars operate, but they would all hit the little button, the attention button or whatever it is. And they should go, pop, da, 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 pop, pop. And they, they would all do it at the same little light so people would look at them, you know, and it just kind of hit me. I was like, when did I, I don't even think these cars are cool anymore. Like, it's just, like, my interest level is just flatlined at that kind of a thing. All those little, rah, pop, 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 you know, it's just like, dude, oh, my gosh. Meanwhile, yeah, those cars are tuned to do that. Like, meanwhile, yeah. like, they the, the paddles to neutral, wop, 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 they overfuel, <laughs> flame, flame, flame. All and, these little and, and mods, turtleneck, like, wearing douchebags, all did the same thing at the same time. They just wear their car like a wristwatch. And I think it's what you were talking about. Like, it's like the IG kids. Like, they, you know, like, I think kids now, young young guys get to a point where they can afford it, and you buy it because it's what you do, you know, to carry on that image and that lifestyle. And, and it's, it's... It's so whack. I just don't even know, like, it, it's disturbing to me that, like, because when, when people are like, oh, uh, Tim's a car guy, you're going to love this guy. I can't tell you how many people I get introduced to that have like five of those cars and and they don't know anything about uh, a 240 or a Focus or a Fiesta or a Nor Mustang. Do they and they don't know anything. All they know about is these 12, you know. Yeah. They don't. They probably don't know about the pedigree of their own brand of car. No, they don't, and, it, and, just, and I don't understand. Like I don't understand why it's such a popular thing on Instagram. It blows me out. Because this, this is maybe a this is maybe a bad. Go ahead, Willie. I was gonna say because Instagram's full of superficial posers. Yeah, there's your magic yeah. formula. <laughs> I just solved it for you. We don't need. Yeah, we don't need that. We can. There, I put a, a pretty hard edit point back there where I said I'm not sure if we want to talk about this. We can end <laughs> this. Let's shoot an ending for the the, the real episode that we shot. <laughs> this whole five hey, minute period. We don't. We don't edit these, by the way. <laughs> Never. No, oh, man. No. Um, I love the 720s and the Lamborghini Aventador. <laughs> great cars, great people. <laughs> <laughs>
I mean, if you want to know the answer to that question, look no further than what the Fast and the Furious series has turned into. It started off as very grassroots, all about Hondas and Nissans and Toyotas and and actually actual real tuner cars and actually learning how to drive them. And then it's turned into this whole supercar, ridiculous, unobtainable muscle car thing. And their numbers for ticket sales and just movies bought, rented, watched are absolutely through the roof because the real car guys don't care anymore because it's too ridiculous and makes no sense. And it's a bunch of cars we don't care about, but there's so few of us. We, we, we think that we're very loud and we think there's a ton of us, but we make up a very, very small amount of the population. And that's what it comes down to is straight up numbers. That's the reason why they're killing the manual transmission and all this other dumb stuff that we hate is happening because there's just not enough of us for the people making the money to care. Yeah, I think that translates perfectly. We got to make disciples quick. I'm going to actually turn on my uh, my blur background, just <laughs> so people. There we go. There just we so go. I can be slightly more acceptable to <laughs> to Aventador guys. I like, mean, that's, <laughs> that's a solid point. You look at Fast and the Furious. You saw ordinary cars doing extraordinary things. And I think that's that's where most of us grew up on it. That's the love of the scene is we saw these cars that were attainable, that were drivable, that were useful, and we were able to do that like extraordinary thing with it. But now that gap to where the extraordinary cars start at is just so big that it's like, well, what, what, where's it going to go? Where, what, what, what can we do with that? What are we going to do with an automatic seven plus 100 horsepower car? I, yeah, think I don't know when Vin Diesel became 009, but I'm not down for it. Uh, it's it's that, that the whole thing's become ridiculous. Sorry, Hunter. Go. <laughs> I, I think that the line of attainable has kind of been blurred by all these, you know, social media influencers, YouTubers, or whatever. Because now you've got, you know, 16 to I don't know, pushing it, say 23 year old dudes, relatively younger dudes. Owning, you know, supercars, GT3 RSs, 720S, all these crazy cars that, you know, Tim, like you said, these 13-year-olds are seeing these dudes hold and it, it like, it makes them, it makes it feel more attainable, right? So, like, by nature, because we didn't have all that when we were growing up, I know that there's a big age difference between, you know, the majority of us, but, like, we had a sense of realism of what is realistically attainable and, you know, the space that we are in versus what's way out of the ballpark, like your Ferraris and your Lamborghinis. But now I think that line's kind of been blurred. You have these 13-year-olds seeing this 18-year-old YouTuber driving, you know, a Lamborghini around and they're just like, oh, I can do that. So that's all they care about is that Lamborghini or that. Well, I mean, whatever. yeah, that's the influencer thing. That guy is their influencer and well, not a very good one, but you know what I mean? Like that's what's influencing them. That's what they think is the pinnacle, you know? But that's that's the problem of when you turn someone that young into an influencer. You gave them the, king, the keys to the car castle before they knew how to wrench on a car or what a real car is. So they just said, what's the most expensive car I can afford? That's the one. You know, yeah. it goes no further than that because they're too young. They don't know what they don't know. Well, they don't get the substance behind automotive culture. They just go, all right, well, that one's flashy. You know, mm. no people like that one. I saw that one in a rap video. That one has a lot of hashtags. Boom. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, exactly. But again, it's the whole 
grant me the wisdom to know what the hell I can. I'm actually crying right now. Like tears are actually coming out of my eyes. <laughs> As I think about, you know, the, the Ferrari history behind me here and all these influencers, you know, I, I Enzo would be like, no. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> I the, the, the YouTube following so I can freaking educate. This is a four cylinder car. This is a, this is a, you know, the Nürburgring mm -hmm. a thousand kilometer race. Uh, before they went to 12 cylinders, uh, it's a four cylinder, 3.4 liter uh, car. And I, you know, and no one knows, knows that. And it's like, you want to, you know, Ferrari is as much about Kardashian as it is about Enzo. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know, it's just it's crushing my heart right now. That's why well, we never thought. Yeah. <laughs> Except nobody watches us. They watch the burnout videos and the kids, yeah. and the kids with the McLaren. We need to bookend this with like, look, we're going to talk and be boring for a while, but we're going to give you the RX-7 on the dyno at the beginning. <laughs> flame, flame, flame. Like our, our actual points will just be little advertisements. All the shooting flames like right at the camera, roasting marshmallows at the end. And and pray that you guys listen to this because it's like, yeah. because you know the reality is it does all go away if that's all that matters, you know if all the flashy you know Lotus just came out with this Avia their new car is twelve hundred horsepower electric. I mean, think about this: you have twenty two year old whatever influencers probably riding around in McLarens and Ferraris that cannot drive a stick shift. Yeah, well, like, I'm quite confident of that. They drive a McLaren and mm -hmm. cannot drive a stick shift car. Like that's how shallow that goes. But like, you got to blame the car manufacturers just as much. Yeah. Who would have ever thought we'd be here in a day where we're talking about how Porsches now make sedans and SUVs, even Lamborghinis doing it? I mean, what yeah. the hell, man? Yeah. What is that? You want to get, get really heartbroken? I have. You know, a relatively good friend, and I'm sorry for telling this story, Jacob. Don't hate me, but he knows the way I feel. Um, <laughs> he is—he's the same age as me. He's 22, and he has—he has. This is this year was the first year he bought his own car, right? He's a car guy. Um, shows up to every Cars and Coffee, goes to all the events, every Import Alliance for you know the past three, four years. But when he went to buy his first car, he bought an automatic Audi. He could buy any car, and I'm like, why did you buy the automatic Audi? And he goes, well, I don't know how to drive a manual transmission. And I'm like, I would have given you my focus for a weekend to teach yourself. Yeah. And he's like, why? It's irrelevant now. And in that moment, Not my true. heart shattered. <laughs> In that moment, you realize your friend is not really a car guy. <laughs> In that moment, you realize he is not your real friend. That's Come on, true. That's Jacob. True. Jacob, I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm just disappointed. Uh, I'm Can not mad. Some, I'm just disappointed. I want to say a prayer for my friend. Honey. No, I think. Oh, my God. You know, like, dude, I get. Like, uh, like literally a high, like an energy. When you start learning about the history of these brands and kind of the people behind them and the racers and stuff like that, and and kind of the attitudes that led to the innovations that led to like the cars that you have in your garage, there's like a surge in that. When you're like, hell yeah, dude! Like, 
Honda was kind of a rebel. You know what I mean? Like, dude, these oh, guys, yeah. I mean, like, you know, I always use them as an example because they don't get a seat at the big boy table, but like, they totally have all the pedigree. Like, they have all the right. Well, experience. Honda, as far as, I mean, of the Japanese manufacturers, by far, I mean, the pedigree of, 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 of Honda is, is exemplary. But that's what I mean. Like, these, I think if people would take more, more time, so than BMW. Well, I was, yeah, BMW. I was about to reference BMW too because, like, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I stayed away from BMW because I didn't want the headaches until I got that E34 for five hundred dollars, and it brought me into the whole world. I started researching history, and and you know, we had conversations about what the cars were like at that time, and and it, it does, it gives you like a surge of pride of ownership. And, and, you know, I think if more people would invest a little bit more and kind of study this stuff, this is all real stuff, man. Like the Ferrari behind you, it had a story like these guys were, yeah, especially at that time period. I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen Ford versus Ferrari, but there was like real storylines there, you know, that led to kind of all this crap that we're, <laughs> that we have today, this corporate crap mm -hmm. where everything looks and drives the same. But like, I mean, you know, there's real history there. Mm -hmm. And, and when you buy and build these cars you're you're kind of part of that history and it's it's super cool and the people that are missing that you know the influencers or the you know the jacobs that buy the automatics like they're just missing it man like it's kind of a shame i think that if we could get them to look at that instead of porn at midnight like they need to watch group b stronger. i think we need to yeah. need, yes everybody yes. needs to watch group b yeah, and, and learn about it, Everyone man. wants to drive a manual on gravel. Listen, I'm going to go ahead and do another spot every podcast I talk about rally or rally cross. <laughs> listen, listen. Preach. I've been saying Preach. this for a while. We have cars that are being manufactured for the public that are very attainable to our community that are being raced out there, supercars. And, the, I mean, it's a 600 horsepower. I think nowadays, I mean, that's that that's that's not even that impressive when you see the cars that are being built some of these days. I mean, it's very attainable. It's in our market. Like, why do I not hear much about this? Don't know. I mean, and again, I would say, you know, it's it's on us. I mean, you think about influencers. I mean, okay, so we might not be the most influential influencers, ah, but we on. all know influencers. And I mean, it's it's. Uh, it's our job to, I mean, I, I had a conversation recently with an influencer who I may not talk to again because I was kind of flippant with him. But I mean, like the reality is like if you're a car influencer and you don't know what Group B is, if you, you know, when I said Group B, Jesse came out of his chair. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, you, you should not know names of porn actresses, but not know, you know, what a Lancia Delta S4 is or what a Audi Quattro is. Well, I mean. And part of that, I think, part of the problem there, and I guess this is a separate podcast that we should probably do because me and Mike have talked about it. But about like, Rally Cross. That's a great idea. No, man. not about That's Rally, but <laughs> about freaking current media, dude. And current media is built to feed an algorithm. That's it. And, and burnouts and McLaren shooting flames feed that algorithm pretty well. Drifting does. But a history about Group B is not going to be the mega clicked on thing you know what yeah. i mean so that's the problem we've got a big failure point in our media right now and i'm not saying s3 is above it or anything like that i'm just saying there's a big failure in that the we're there's no real media this is all just glitz and glam crap and nobody's really learning or making the connection um so there has to be 
some sort of change there. And we can talk about that some other time. Well, I, I agree. And that I think that speaks to, you know, if you look at motoring media as a microcosm of media in general, mm-hmm. I think that's what's happened with the de-evolution of journalists. I mean, you know, there's, I posted a, a video from a journalist, a dude who actually goes to the scene, reports what's happening, and that's his whole YouTube channel. It's like journalism, and I got flamed. He's that's not a real source. <laughs> I mean, you can't get any more journalists. This dude, this dude is there. He's telling you exactly what he's seeing. CNN's not paying him. No one's paying him. Yeah, that's literally a journalist. Same yeah. thing with this. Is it's like okay, you know, I, I don't have the biggest YouTube channel on the planet, but like, I'm not. I'm I'm unfiltered. Here's here's a true enthusiast. Eat sleep automotive culture for decades here's what it is and i'm not sponsored by anyone well a couple people but i'm you know but basically un unbiased you know sort of thing and it's like yeah i do think it's on us to you know we got to get the the truth out there and group b is the truth i mean well i mean the core of s3 is always we would really connect i don't care if it's 10 people i would really rather have 10 good connections and inspire people than to influence 10,000 people. F that, dude. Um, we're not influencers. I would much rather try and inspire. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I guess unless anybody else has anything to say about the doom of manual transmissions. And I how, do. What's on, that? A more, on a more positive note, I do have a list here of every new car you can still buy with a manual transmission in 2020. Do we want to go over? I think what I cars saw that. List. Is that like a road and track? Yeah, it's car and driver, but Let's it's still relevant. It. Go for it. How many are there? Thirty. Yeah, but half of them are boring. Yeah, just name yeah. the cool ones. Um, if it's normally yeah. aspirated and makes less than 150 horsepower, you can admit there it. are some on that yeah. list that is like it's just <laughs> basic, basic transportation, like the Chevy Spark. No one cares. You've uh-huh. got the uh, you've got the BMW 2 and the 4 Series. Um, okay. The Camaro C7 Corvette, not the C8. I don't, I don't like that one. Um, of course, you've got every version of the Challenger. What is there, like 30 now? I appreciate that. I do, too. Uh, I do, I appreciate- too. That is a mess. <laughs> can you get the red eye as a manual? No, no that was an automatic. I can only imagine eye. a manual. <laughs> be like, whoop, whoop. <laughs> anyway. Uh, you got it. The Miata slash the 124 Spider. Yeah. Uh, Ford Mustang, not the GT500 though. Right. The Genesis G70, I find that very interesting. Yeah. The Honda Civic and the Accord. You can get an, an Accord Sport in manual. Yep. I'm throwing this in here just for Chris Sullivan, CRS photo, the Honda Fit. <laughs> Hyundai, the GTs, the Veloster N, and the. Yep. The Elantra GT, which I don't think the Elantra GT has a turbo, but the Veloster N does, and it has Magneride. Um, so don't. Veloster N is an awesome car for the money, dude. I've heard nothing but great things about that. Yeah, hey Hyundai, S- send me one to drive, and I'll, I'll write an unbiased review. Speaking of Hyundai, their chief Love. designer just left today, out for personal reasons. Oh, who but was their chief remember. designer? Was it Peter Shearer? No, it was some. Uh, German dude. Peter Shears. Um, uh, Lotus. <laughs> the Lotus Avora GT. Lotuses are cool. 
Mazda 3, but it's not really. It's cool looking, but eh. 370Z is still manual. I didn't know they still made that (laughs) manual. Hey, props (laughs) to Nissan on the 370Z. Wait, you're all sorts of breaking up. Glitching real bad. Porsches. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) Sure. Next. The BRZ or 86. Yeah. WRX. STI, yeah. The Golf GTI. Yeah. You can get the Jetta manual. That's interesting. Huh. Not really. And that's it. Besides, you know, your $100,000 Celine. Yeah. That's cool. So there you go. If you're interested in a manual transmission, new, those are your options. Enjoy all seven of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so with that, does anybody else have any last words of wisdom? How long are we at, Jesse? We've been going forever, haven't we? 120. We're like at like an hour 15. Oh, Jesse, yeah. didn't you want to present a question? Yeah, we always want to present a question. I mean, so what What? What manual cars are you excited about, or what, what would you like to see uh, offered, in a, offered in a manual? I'll answer that real quick before we go. I would just like a moderately powered, affordable four-door car preferably we will drive i know well there's the type r there's the sti but like i want something new something a little different um that would be really super cool i something think that i could put a kid in the rs3 that audi rs3 that comes yeah. out yeah yeah the avant or whatever yeah well rs6 is not going to be available in automatic but the rs3 will be and that that should be pretty hot the golf r I hope they launch that in a manual. I was kind of planning on buying a, a Golf R. Mm-hmm. It's come out, but if there's no manual, I probably won't because it's just. It's just, uh, we know what it's going to be. It's going to be a missile. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. cool. And that's not, I mean, it, yeah, I don't know. I want another Evo. Yeah. Good luck with I that. I hope you get your Evo. <laughs> I hope I get it, too. I. I think Mitsubishi's more into making TVs now. I don't think they really care so much about us. (laughs) Yeah, you don't know what a podcast could be? Is Mitsubishi and Nissan's current model range. (laughs) What in the world is going on there? Me and Hunter were looking at that earlier this week. They have two cars. Two cars. Yeah. The Mirage and the Mirage. Nissan's got a whole bunch and they're all crap. Mm-hmm. Except for except for in Japan, Japan gets everything. Nissan's we like to talk to Japan. grill and then uh, crap. <laughs> Mitsubishi, Mitsubishi makes a pickup truck in Japan, like a legitimate one. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. All right. I so yeah, let, it, let you guys let us know in the comments if you're on YouTube. Send us messages on social media if you're listening on audio. What manual car would you want to see? Whether it be like a resurrect, another resurrected vehicle like an Eclipse or an Evo like me or if you just want something new. Um, just send us a message. Let us know what you think. Um, but other than that, thanks Tim Neely for joining us today. It was super last minute. He was It was supposed to be tomorrow, but we moved it. We gave him like 45 minutes notice, but he was on top of his game. So we appreciate that. But I guess we will see you guys next week. Have a good one. Later, fellas. See ya.